And we are here. Welcome to the stir, everybody. Um, this is episode. What did we say, Ella? Episode four, fourth episode, fourth it's episode not of episode the stir. Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> That's if people episode can't see one Episode four. Hand. We are still doing it, and it feels so great to be here. This is uh, myself. Uh, this is myself, uh, Casey Helton. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> and um, my co-host Jay Sarlage and Ella. <laughs> Whatever, whoever you know I what? am today. Yeah. I can be whoever you want me to be. <laughs> Jay Sarlage okay, and Ella just... Nikitin. Yeah, he just did it. He clapped. Do you need? You're clapping. I did this. He did that. Oh hand. my goodness! You're gonna give Ella a heart attack. <laughs> Why? What happened? Because that's, that's okay. Because when you sound and yeah. I have to edit it out. The clapping. Yeah. See, you weren't here. Okay, so Jace wasn't here last week, but he was sick, so he doesn't know. But we had this whole thing, and we did a post show like chit chat. I watched some of it, but I didn't see <laughs> did no clapping. Did you watch the episodes where you were in the episode? Yeah, I, I am. I didn't clap. Did I didn't watch? clap. No, I clapped. I am a habitual clapper. I clap, and then the claps have to be edited out. Oh. Yeah. So she edited out, like, 25 of my claps from ours. So we can't clap if anything's You can knee slap once. I think we can allow it. So if I like something you say, I can't clap? No, just don't, like, in the middle of your conversation, go. (laughs) Do that again. I like that. I like that little leg kick up. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do slipper. How many times did you watch episodes one and two? He doesn't watch our episodes. He told us he doesn't because it's not his thing. Like you know what I He's one and done. He does not obsessively. Hold on. on. I will tell you this. What I did watch, but it's a okay. Go a little further. Go a little so bit you like forward. fast? You scroll. I do, I do. And if I see something and I look at myself and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Well, today I was just gonna say you look really cute today. Like I love your hat and your yeah. suspenders yeah, well, and your whole you know, like watch chain vibe. I yeah, really, I, I, I think you, you like look that, freaking like adorable yeah, today. See, I'm old fashioned people. See, yeah, look at look this. at the look pocket this. watch. It's <gasps> open. Look at look that. At that. It tells me what time it is. And... I think it looks great. I I think well, you should definitely adopt. Suspenders as part of I, your I like fashion some, signature. Get some different ones. Get some red ones because the I, holidays are coming. I up. know. I'm. You can get orange ones too. I, we did try to like make our ho- our studio I, like I it's covered I up. Like but I tried that. to make it look kind of like Halloweenish. I like that. Sort of. I like. You know what I liked? What I like this. You like my statue of Athena? I I like this. You know why? Why? Because I like. Power to the women. All right, yeah, that's a. I, I love. love yes, I love it. Absolutely. So I that's think... just one of my like statues that I have. Athena is like, um, she's a goddess oh, of yeah. wisdom and war. Wisdom and war. Yep. So uh, cool. Is she Greek or Roman? Oh, that's a good question. I think she's well. Greek. She's Greek. Yeah, because the part wasn't the Parthenon is yes. the temple to Athena, right? Yes. So very. She spawned out of Zeus's forehead in full armor. I know that's her story. Like boom. I just was wondering if you knew. Just kicking ass and taking names right out of the forehead. Oh look at I smacked again. Sorry. (laughs) You can see why I admire her. (laughs) So yeah, we're. I think we're gonna keep Athena here. I think we're gonna keep her. 
We're going to keep her even after the Halloween. So anyway, so we were talking about slapping. We were talking about Athena, a little fashion. Um, We're just mixing it up here on the stir day. That's why we call it the stir. But we have an interview with with someone, with a person. With not just someone. The stir is going legit. Tell them who we have an interview with. Bob Ellis. Dr. Bob Ellis. Doctor. Doctor. Who is... The mayor, mayor of Howell. Howell. The mayor of the city of Howell. Yeah. Y'all, I cannot even tell you how excited I was when I got Bob Ellis to, to come on our show. I kind of like, yeah. I remember, I like, I think I left you both a message and I was kind of screaming about it because, yeah. <laughs> like, that to me, well, first of all, Bob is a very interesting man who has led a very interesting life. He, I'm not going to go into all of it right now. He graduated high school a year and a half early. Yes. Really? Yes. He, um, first job is a newspaper delivery, like newspaper, he delivered newspapers. Mm -hmm. Probably wore a hat a lot like the one you were wearing. I think we should just let the interview. Yes, we'll let him talk. But but he has lived a very interesting life. And Bob is running for re-election in the city of Howell. Uh, coming up this November 7th is the, uh, is election day, but you can vote absentee, uh, starting, I think this week, I think the absentee ballots go out this week. So if that's your thing and you like voting absentee, definitely go get your ballot because these, these city council races. Oh, we also have somebody, um, my friend Adam Smitty is running for Howell city council as well. Yes. So, and we definitely want to plug Adam Smitty. So, um, Adam is also, um, Adam, oh my goodness, he was special forces in the military as well. I want to say Green Beret. Adam, if I'm wrong about that, please forgive me and send me a message and I'll correct it on the air. But it's a medic in the Green Beret. Oh, wow. Yeah, Adam was on the Livingston County Veterans um, Committee for a while. Uh, Very interesting guy. So um, you want to be sure to vote for, for Adam as well. But like I said, we definitely want to support. One of the things we want to do here on the Stir Pod is to give people some information about those who are running for local office, including oh, our very yeah. own Ella. County commissioner. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. Ella has declared you know. her candidacy, filed her paperwork. <laughs> She's got a website. You got Make what? sure you follow the Facebook page for that. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what's really surprising is if you don't live in the city, mm-hmm. a lot of people think the mayor doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, I've never lived in a city. Like the city know. of Fowlerville? Right. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I live outside of Fowlerville. So people think, and I think this is important to talk about, it is important to vote it is important to vote who becomes mayors of these cities because you visit the city yeah so you do have a say yeah i mean it's not just oh well the people who live there and that's all that gets a say in what happens i think a lot of people don't realize that especially younger people i think the 18 year old kids need to know hey Yeah, if you live in the city of Howell, you definitely want... You can only vote for mayor in the city of Howell. You can only vote in the mayor's race in the city of Howell if you live in the city of Howell. But you want to be telling your friends to go out there and go to the polls and vote for Bob Ellis. Because I'm telling you, Bob Ellis has done a 
amazing job being mayor. Um, he, <clears throat> you know, he's very passionate about, um, making citywide improvements. And he, ta- I'm, I'm not going to, like Ella said, I'm not going to go in and, t- and well, put words in his mouth. We'll yeah. let the interview speak for itself, but he really is a humble guy. First of all, that's one thing about Bob. In fact, Bob, I knew talking to Bob, like when I first called him and I, I, um, asked for an interview, I went through, I, I know his daughter-in-law, uh, Carly, who runs culture beer and cheese in oh. Bre- downtown Brighton. That's oh. his Carly and David are his, David is uh, Dr. Bob's son and Carly is, you know, his okay, daughter-in-law. Okay. And I know, I know them. And so I had messaged Carly to set the interview up. And I, when I first talked to Dr. Bob, I knew he was like, he's a very soft-spoken man. He's humble. So I had to go in. I also know his wife, Shelly, Bob's wife, Shelly. I said, who better to bring out a person than their spouse, you right, know, right. really knows a person. So I went and I, I, I messaged Shelly, who is great. She's a beautiful lady. And I was like, tell me everything there is to know about Bob Ellis from not just policy. I want to know like what he's like as a person. What are right. his interests? What are his right. accomplishments? What does he like to do? And she told me everything from that. He loves to make sourdough bread. He likes dad jokes. He wears Hawaiian shirts. I love, and he shows up in our interview in a Hawaiian shirt. That's well, his thing. Let's, let's just, let's yeah, just yeah. So you'll see, you'll see Bob in a Hawaiian shirt. He likes Hawaiian shirts. So that's like where, that's what he likes to wear. So we're going to go ahead and um, do we want to talk about anything else? Or do no. we want to just go, wait, you want to just go straight to the interview? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We can go straight to the interview. You good with that, Jace? All right. So we're going to go straight into the Bob Ellis interview. Stay tuned. Learn a lot. Welcome, everyone, back to the stir. Today, we have a very special guest with us. I was so excited when he agreed to be on our show because I feel like this is the stir hitting the big time. Like, we are legit now. We are here with Mayor of Howell, Mayor of the City of Howell, Bob Ellis today to join us on the show. Welcome, Bob. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. It's so exciting to have you. Now, um, I want to ask you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, but I got to tell you, there is a whole... I, I, I did a little bit of homework, okay? Because okay. that's kind of what I do when I do interviews. And I talk to your wife, I say. Okay. <laughs> your, your wife, Shelly. Because I know from my own experience that if you really want to learn about a person, you want to talk to their spouse because they're the ones who know you the best. Right. So she gave me a whole bunch of really interesting information about you as a person, but, but we'll get to it. We're going to get to it in a minute. Uh, All about your hobbies and your past, but could you start out just in your own words, telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, Well, I, um, I, I was in the military for 23 years. Um, uh, retired from that, uh, went to Omaha for a few years and studied psychiatry, mm-hmm. uh, and um, then moved to Hal, and that's been about 13 years ago. 13 years ago? Yeah. I, I wanted to get involved in the community and started volunteering for different events that came up. Um, somebody invited me to, to a Rotary meeting, and uh, that's where I really got networked and connected to everybody mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there were different people on the rotary that encouraged me to get involved and uh, and uh, I applied for an opening on the city council 
uh, when somebody resigned. Uh, I didn't uh, get appointed because I just recently moved there and there were other people that were more involved. Mm -hmm. But Jerry Moen, the mayor at the time, uh, asked me if I wanted to be on the DDA board. And so uh, that was interesting. I did that for four years. Uh, I was a treasurer. Uh, we did a lot of interesting things. Uh, and uh, and then uh, people started to encourage me to run for city council. And I, you were on the council for six years, I was is that the, right? Yeah, I was on the council for six years. And then the mayor at that time, Nick Proctor, uh, decided he'd kind of had enough of that and wasn't going to run for another term. So uh, I had the most seniority on the council, uh, except for uh, a couple people. Steve Maynard mm -hmm. uh, wasn't in very good health at that time. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't feel like he could do that. And Jan Lober was the other person that got appointed around the same time that I did. Uh, she, you know, she didn't uh, have the time to do that. So I uh, ran you for mayor, and you, <laughs> and, and you uh, ran, and I, uh, you know, I did pretty well. I got seventy percent of the vote. Seventy um, percent. Oh wow! Um, and the and, and I did have an opponent in that race, uh, um, but he really didn't do any kind of campaigning at all, okay. and it was just because he was endorsed by the Republican Party that he probably got the thirty percent that he did, but. You know, he didn't. Uh, but you didn't do anything. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you kind of. Yeah. That was a um, what do they call that? A um, clean sweep. Yeah. Something <laughs> a shutout. Like that. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, um, so I met you. Um, I met you at Pride, mm -hmm. and you that this was just this year because um, mm -hmm. I know I know your daughter-in-law Carly. Okay. I mean. Yeah, so Carly is the um, culture beer and cheese. Her and her husband David, who is yeah. one of your four children, right? Right. He he and Carly run culture beer and cheese in right. Brighton, which is an amazing business, by the way. They have the best cheese, and I've heard legendary grilled cheese sandwiches. Although right. they're every Friday, and I'm always at they're, work, they're, so I can never get one. They're, they're just the first Friday of the month, I think. So okay, a, first Friday of the month. Yeah. So I knew Carly, mm -hmm. but I had never, and then I knew your wife, Shelly, but I had never actually had a chance to meet you before, but then mm -hmm. I, I met you this time around at Pride. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say you're, you strike me as kind of a humble person because I know, I know a little bit more about you. You, you said that you were in, you were in the military, that yeah. you retired from the air, the air force, right? Correct. But you actually, you retired as a, as a full colonel. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty incredible. What yeah. was that like? Um, no, I, I really enjoy the military. Um, the, the thing about it was that uh, I got to do different things every few years. I would have a different assignment. Um, so I was, uh, you know, I, I was a general pediatrician. I was a flight surgeon. They in, sent, the mil in, in the, the military. In the military. Okay. And people don't realize that, that most of the doctors in the military are there to take care of spouses and families. Because if, if the active duty service member has a significant medical problem, uh, they're going to be discharged. <laughs> right. And so most of the health care uh, provided is for the families. And so pediatrics, obstetrics, psychiatry are like the big specialties. And, uh, and so I was a pediatrician, uh, and then uh, they sent me to Johns Hopkins to do a fellowship in hematology, oncology. 
and I did uh, hematology oncology for 15 years. Uh, I was on the teaching faculty of residency program. Uh, then I got to be the director of a residency program wow. to teach uh, people how to be a pediatrician. This, this was at sorry, this, this was at which hospital? Um, the, the residency director was at the Naval Hospital in Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay, and uh, that's kind of where uh, you are originally uh, from, is Virginia, right? Um, I was born in Virginia okay. uh, until I was about three and grew up in Florida. Okay. Um, and then after uh, after that, I, uh, I was on like a traveling um, inspection team for a few years, and I got to go all over uh, the U.S. and Europe uh, inspecting clinics, uh, and then... Uh, then I finally, my last assignment, I was a chairman of a big academic hospital in San Antonio. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, and we had uh, every pediatric subspecialty there and 350 personnel, $50 million annual budget. And, that's, uh, so, that's a lot uh, of so responsibility. Was, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was a it, you know it was a great uh, capstone to my uh, my career in the military. I bet it. I bet it was. And your wife also tells me um, that you graduated a year and a half early from high school. From high school, yeah. I just came <laughs> home one day, told my parents, "Okay, I'm graduating. I'm going to graduate next week," and they were surprised. <laughs> but, a whole uh, <laughs> year and a half early. Yeah. You, and wow. then I, I had gotten it, I got it accepted to uh, Virginia Tech uh, I was to study engineering. And uh, the only problem is that they wouldn't allow anybody to live in the dorms until they were at least uh, 17, I think. So I had to, like, take some uh, classes at the local university for uh, a semester before I could be old enough to go up there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you were like, like Doogie Hauser. Remember that old show? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The, yeah. So that's really, that's really something remarkably intelligent. So yeah. Howell's very lucky to have you. So just a couple other things she mentioned to me, because I, you know, I just want, like, we always, I, I love local politics. Yeah. Okay. Like not politics, but like local news. That's really where I kind of, like, I worked out here as a journalist for 20 years. Yeah. And my favorite part when I worked for the Press and Argus was, like, doing these, you know, the more small town, like, because yeah. this is really that has the potential to make, you know, to make a difference in people's lives is that small town, you know, feel to politics. You know what I mean? Not 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 necessarily the big stuff. And you had kind of mentioned, um, you know, how you you did so well in your first campaign, you know, in that one of the things you did, even even, and you were running, you were running as a Democrat, right? And it had been a while. Well, it's it's a nonpartisan race, but the city council and the uh, and the mayor are nonpartisan positions. Oh, they and, are okay. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I I I am a Democrat, but. In this position, I'm not running, uh, representing the Democrats, and I'm really trying to represent everybody, everybody. and take care of everybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am a more progressive uh, type person. Yeah. yeah. That's, so um, one, of the, one of the things that I was going to ask you about is that, like, what really was your strategy, you know, for your success the first time around? You know, like, was it... I, 
it was because I think when we had talked about this initially, you had mentioned like how you did go door to door and you right. you really was talking to people, right? Right, and um, and that you know that's advice that I got from other people that in especially in the local race that you have to be out there and talking to people and knocking on doors, and uh, to me that's one of the most enjoyable things about doing the campaigning is. Um, you know, getting to talk to all kinds of different people and see what what their issues are, um, and uh, and you know, and, and it's funny because my opponent this time he uh, put on his website that he was going to respect people's privacy and wasn't going to be knocking on doors. <laughs> so I think, well, how well, do you know what people want if yeah. you don't go up and talk to them? Right? Yeah, right. That's a big and part of and it. I think um, it, it, you know. Um, you know, and I think I, I knocked on like over 800 doors and uh, and roughly 10 or 15 percent of people are home and answer the door. And almost everybody you talk to, uh, you know, is polite. You know, a few people, you know, they, they're not too interested. And uh, but, uh, you know, uh, rarely is there somebody that's hostile. Uh, so it's. And and a lot of times you can spend ten or fifteen minutes talking about different things, and, uh, and yeah. it's just enjoyable. What is it that people like? What are some of the things that people have said to you that kind of stick out in your minds in terms of what they what what do they expect from their local politician, like their local leadership? Well, uh, there's a lot of a lot of city services that people just generally take for granted. Uh, that you know you you expect that your water is going to be safe to drink, and that your you, when you flush the toilet, that is going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when these things don't work, then, you know, you know, then uh, you realize uh, how important they are. Uh, so, like, we've had big uh, uh, rain events uh, where the capacity of the sewer system was overloaded and sewage went up and pe came up in people's backyards. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> that, that, that is you know, a game changer, we, for uh, sure. You know, we're, we're, uh, you know, our water's always been safe, uh, and we do testing on it uh, periodically and send out the results to people. Mm -hmm. But um, but we are uh, looking at uh, removing any uh, lead service lines that are connected to the water system, mm -hmm. and that's an ongoing process. Um, you know, people are concerned about, you know, uh, resurfacing the neighborhood streets. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, more than half the streets are in poor condition, and we just don't have the funding to, uh, to address that adequately. Um, with the connect the major connecting streets, we can get um, revenues from gasoline taxes and grants are available for for fixing uh, connecting streets. But uh, for the local neighborhood streets, it, it all has to come out of our our general budget, uh, and we uh, you know we we have a limited amount of taxes that we can obtain mm -hmm. with the Headley amendment we've had a kind of a decline in revenues especially uh, when the housing prices dropped in 2008 the taxes dropped dramatically like state shared revenues declined yeah. too because yeah, the state right. used to give more under the Republican okay. legislature right. they cut state shared revenue so that used yeah. to be this is back when Republicans ran had a majority in the state legislature. Now the Democrats do, but they, a lot of people don't know this, but states used to share revenue with local with local right. municipalities, but the Republicans in the legislature cut that back. Right. So the 
local governments were getting less of a slice right. of the pie. So they had to work, do more with less. Right. right? Well, and there's, there's two different um, sources of funds that, that are in that group. There's what's called constitutional revenue sharing, which is kind of guaranteed by the Constitution, and that hasn't changed. And then there's something that's statutory revenue sharing that the uh, legislature passes uh, bills every year. Mm-hmm. And if the 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 impact is that that if uh, if the cities would have gotten what the state uh, statutes say they're supposed to be getting, uh, Detroit wouldn't have gone bankrupt. You know, I mean, it's a it's a major uh, major drop in income there. Well, hopefully, revenue. maybe they could get those that funding restored a little bit mm-hmm. under the current legislature. Um, yeah, there is a significant increase this year in the, in the uh, money that's we're going to get from revenue sharing, and it's somewhere in the order of a ten or fifteen percent increase, uh, from what I remember. I feel like there's always kind of a pull in this community with that because people don't want to pay high taxes. Yeah, you know, which is understandable. We're all you know we're all living on restricted budgets, but at the same time, you know, you have to balance that too with the with the needs that. You know, have like, you know, you have to have safe sidewalks and you have to, you know, people, one of the reasons I think why people love Howell, I know my, my husband, he comes from, he, he grew up in Wayne and mm-hmm. then he moved out here after he got yeah. out of the Navy. And wh- one of the, I remember when he, when him and I were driving around, we were on a date night one night and he's like, you know, I just love this Howell. It's so clean. It's so, you know, you have flowers everywhere. You walk down main street, everything's so well kept up. You know, and he really, you know, he comments on like people want a community that looks nice and that that functions, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like it's just a pleasant place to walk through. Yeah, it makes you feel good. But you do have to, you know, invest. So let me let me read to you here. This is a quote that you said. This was um, okay. when you were when you were elected for the first time in 2021. Okay. This is what you told the Livingston Daily. OK, so I'm yeah. just going to ask you about this. You said, I want to continue Managing the city as we have. I'm committed to continuing our city services, keeping our expenses in line with our revenues, and avoiding tax increases. So that kind of goes into line with with um, what we were just kind of talking right. about. So do you feel like you've been successful in that? Like, do you feel pretty good about your record on that? Or do you want to speak to that oh, at all? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we've uh, actually, in the last couple of years, we've kind of done amazing things. Um, uh, and a lot of it is due to the unprecedented amount of grants and things that are available related to COVID and, uh, and the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Act. Um, but uh, in the last two years, we've received about $14 million in grants. We just got another $2 million grant. Uh, are these state, state grants or federal um, They're um, like the most recent ones, the $2 million, it was a uh, community development block grant. So Mm -hmm. it's basically state, I mean, federal funds that come to the state and then the state allocates them through the uh, Economic Development uh, Corporation. Um, So uh, the the ultimate source of most of the funds is probably the federal government. Uh, And even like the state got huge amounts of money from the, um, the COVID relief funds Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a lot of that money is also coming. Uh, for instance, uh, we've we've applied for another two million dollar grant um, for the uh, Schofield Park, and we have all kinds of uh, improvements uh, planned mm-hmm. for that, and uh, we're is, hoping to get that as well. 
Is that part of the mayor's job is to kind of keep track of the grants that are available and, and chase that, that down when it's ready, when it's able to be dispersed? Um, I think that uh, the, the mayor is, 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 you can think of the mayor kind of like the, the chairman of the board. Uh-huh. Uh, and you kind of set policy and, um, and you, you chair the, the, uh, this, the, the council so the council and the mayor together kind of establish the policies and, and what our goals are. And then it's the city manager that really is like the CEO that manages things on a day-to-day basis. So when we, you know, when we learn about uh, potential grants, then uh, you know, we, we make sure that the city manager knows that we're interested in this, that we think it might be something uh, that we'd be eligible for. Uh, and then either the, the, he do, he works on it, or uh, has other people in the staff or consultants uh, mm-hmm. try to you know submit the applications. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so you know, I'm not you know I'm not directly uh, filling out grant applications. No, no, <laughs> but you work you yeah, work closely yeah. with the city manager, yeah, you know, yeah. to make to bring about those grants when they're when they're available. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure, certainly. Yeah, so what kind of importance do you think should be placed on, like, public transportation? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, thing because um, uh, as far as the city goes, um, you know, the only real public transportation we have is the Livingston Central Transportation yeah, Service. Yeah, that's a county thing. That's a county thing. Uh, and... Um, you know, there's a uh, there's a master plan with the county for how they're going to develop it, and we've participated in some of those uh, uh, meetings where they develop their plan. Um, but uh, you know, the city of Hal itself is only a few square miles. You know, if you if you draw a circle about a mile and a half around uh, radius around uh, um, Michigan Avenue and Grand River, that's pretty much the city, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so it's you know it, it really setting up our own um, transit system you know isn't really feasible. You know we pride ourselves on being a walkable city, yeah, and so uh, sure. you know you can almost walk through the whole city, right. uh, and and we're trying to do some things with uh, bicycle uh, routes and things like that. But as far as bus lines and things, then I think that's more of a county but yeah, like- issue. You know, even uh, yeah. so, like, you know, trying to walk from, say, downtown Howell to, like, maybe one of the industrial parks yeah. is quite a bit of a track. Uh, yeah. Well, and there's a there's a pedestrian bridge that's kind of by uh, Isbell or Jewett Street that goes yeah. across the railroad mm-hmm. tracks that's yeah. in poor that repair. wooden yeah. bridge? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> And that's was, you used to be able to drive across. That we've now. been we've been trying to find some <laughs> ways to fix that up, but it's essentially the bridge is owned by CSX and uh, um, the train the, the train company. Okay, and uh, you know they, uh, you know that you know we're looking for grants to try to see if there's anything we can do in co- in cooperation with CSX, but you know eventually it's going to end up having to be. Uh, torn down if they don't uh if they don't maintain it i'm old enough to remember uh, when we used to drive across uh, that yeah. thing and i would say a little prayer for my life every <laughs> single time 
yeah. cross over that because yeah. it was like like all all rickety and and whatnot. But that I mean that's Ella is very she that's yeah. straight in her wheelhouse is public transportation getting around you know sidewalks moving like she's gonna tr- she's gonna try to make that I think a, a yeah. cornerstone of your campaign oh, yeah. right yeah. like that's yeah. one of the things you really want to focus on yeah. for county commission yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah I mean even if we could get Uber or Lyft or something but there's just not enough demand to well, uh, to the uh, problem with Uber and Lyft is that it's like it has a very exploitative model yeah. you know you're you're they're really trying to milk the drivers for all the labor they can get yeah. to, for as little cost as they can. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you know, with Let's, you know, the drivers are being paid well. Yeah, the riders get don't have to pay their very yeah. much money to ride it because it's subsidized by the uh, state yeah. and federal grants. Yeah, right. so, yeah, I think it's two dollars a ride, and the people yeah. that use it regularly are usually pretty satisfied with it. But for for you know people that use it occasionally, they're kind of uh, daunted by the process, and you have to schedule it a day ahead. And, yeah, that's yeah. that's why I think it's like good idea to have yeah. like fixed routes, like the Grand yeah. River Avenue route, because that doesn't require very much. You know, booking at all. You know, yeah. you just show up, get on the bus, and then you get off somewhere else. So. Yeah, and that's and that's in the transportation plan, uh, and um, and even there's even some ideas of where we could have like a, you know, a bus uh, station or a uh, area where people could drop off and wait and everything. So you're receptive. Yeah, to those we're, yeah, ideas. we're definitely receptive yeah. to that. Well, because um, you know the issue is that. Uh, it's hard to find employees in Howe. There's a lot of open jobs, and uh, you know, so there's not public transportation to get there. Uh, there is a um, a bus service that takes people from Flint to some of our um, uh, factory type yeah, jobs. Yeah, but that's like out uh, in the industrial parks. <laughs> right, right. That's that's not. Yeah. That's like at yeah. least a thirty minute walk from downtown. Right, Howell. right. And there's, uh, you know, but uh, I think. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it's uh, you know having a regular bus service would make it good for the employers downtown too. To, yeah. You know to get you know because you can't a lot of people can't afford to live in the city and 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 work there. Uh, That's a problem in a lot pretty, of places. You know, yeah. especially like you can't. This is like we had talked about this before. Um, you and I were, I was driving you back home. I think it was. And you, I said, I said that this Livingston County was a bedroom community. Yeah. And and she was like, well, what is that? But it's like, it's people who have to travel to jobs, to higher paying jobs outside the county. Yeah. So that they can, you know, live here. I don't remember the exact statistics, but it's something like 80% of people that live in, uh, in the city travel outside the city to work. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's the same way that of the people who work in the city, eighty percent of them come from outside the city. Uh, well, let me. I want to ask you about one other thing that I yeah. forgot to ask you about earlier because um, I had so many things. Okay. Shelley told me so many things. Did we ever share any pictures of Bob? I did. I did want to share just a okay. couple of pictures before we wrap up. Yes, yeah. I can do that. So Ella's going to bring up. We just had a couple. So, <laughs> so I she shared a couple of pictures yeah. with me. Um, 
and this is your family, right? Yeah, this yeah, is this is. Everybody. I'm going to get to my question in a minute, but I just wanted to show you. So you have you have yeah. quite a beautiful family. Yeah. There's your wife Shelly, and Carly yeah. is over there on, I, on the, the left. left. It will be our left, and mm-hmm. these are your. This your grandson Milo, Milo. Yep. right? And then is Joey? Joey's my dog. Oh, Joey's <laughs> <laughs> one of two. Joey, oh, Joey and Lucky. Did, so Milo is your only grandson. Well, no, um, no, uh, just to the right of me is my son, who's who's. I'm Robert the third. He's Robert the fourth, and we call him Will by his middle name. And then the the other grandchild there is is Robert the fifth. That's called Bobby. Okay, <laughs> so, that's a lovely family, and, a lovely brood. And his you've wife, got there. his wife Alicia, and my daughter uh, Charlotte. And then let's. This is Milo. You, now your wife. Now Shelly tells me that you like to bake bread, especially yeah. sourdough. Yeah, yeah, that's my, my so that's whole a jewelry. grain, whole grain sourdough breads. Uh. Well, this is a beautiful synchronicity because Carly's got the cheese shop, and <laughs> yes. you've got this. You probably yeah. have the best sandwiches as a family. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got to come over for dinner or okay. something. <laughs> That's really that. That's adorable. Milo is so cute. Yeah. Look at him; he's adorable. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I wanted to show a couple of those so that so that people know. And there's, there's you and your you and your wife. That's Shelley. Yeah. Um, so I had mentioned earlier that that I met you at Pride. I was going somewhere with that chain of thought, but then yeah. I got into something yeah. else. You mentioned there to me that you had been involved in some way in Don't Ask, Don't Tell's repealing. Repealing yeah. Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Can you tell me? We didn't get to talk about it very much because there was so much going um, on. But can you tell me a little bit more about what was your involvement with Don't Ask, Don't Tell when you were in the military? Well, um, you know, as a military officer, you're pretty much uh, precluded from any political activity except for voting. You know, you're not allowed to do any kind of campaigning or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, especially in the healthcare community, I worked with a lot of uh, gay, lesbian people, uh, you know, nurses, doctors, uh, technicians that uh, had to, like, keep their, their private life very secret uh, and, uh, you know, they couldn't really be who they were. Mm-hmm. They had to put on this other persona when they were at work. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it's kind of demoralizing to them. Uh, I mean, they're serving their country, um, but, you know, they're not being respected as people. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and sympathetic people would, would kind of realize this and, uh, and you know, um, They'd have somebody to talk to, but it was a hazard because uh, if 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 it was revealed, then you could be kicked out of the military and end your career. Uh, so uh, so then there was this movement to eliminate that policy. At first, there was a policy of just no homosexuals allowed in the military at all. And that was the way and it was, was for years yeah. and years, right? And then um, I. I think it might have been Bill Clinton that put the don't ask, don't tell policy and said, okay, well, you can you can be in the military as long as nobody knows about it. Right. This was kind of like, I think in the mid, yeah. like 1990s, and, mid-90s. And so yeah. then everything was kind of like under uh, underground. Yeah. Uh, and so once I, once I got out of the military, um, I was aware of this organization called Human Rights Campaign that was lobbying to try to um, overturn that policy and allow people to serve openly. 
Uh, and uh, so once I retired, um, you know, I, I got involved with them, and they were really looking for senior officers that were, you know, generals or colonels that were retired to go to Washington and lobby and talk about why this policy is bad and why it needs to be overturned. Because it, it, it had to be overturned at the, at, by, you know, by Congress and the, and the DOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I got to go talk to congressmen and senators and, and went to the White House. I, oh, didn't, wow. I didn't actually get to see the president. I got to see, uh, you know, some of their staffers uh, and just talked about, you know, what I had observed about people uh, serving in the military and what contributions they were making and how they had to keep their... Uh, private life so secretive and how this is a a problem for for those people but it's also a concern for uh it makes them a target for blackmail and extortion and uh you know foreign governments could like extort people for information you know and then it becomes a national security issue right and not to mention there's also like as a psychiatrist right you probably witnessed the personal strain right. that it, it takes on, on hiding your whole entire being. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's this whole concept of what's called the minority stress syndrome. If you're in a kind of a marginalized group, uh, they, they have a lot higher incidence of anxiety disorders, depression, and other things, uh, you know, higher suicide rates. And it's it's all related to you know, being marginalized in society and causing stress. And is that one of the reasons why you are so much a, a, um, a forward-facing supporter of the LGBTQ community? I mean, I didn't yeah. see Nick, I didn't see your opponent at Pride. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, we'll put it that way. I, I mean, he's an okay guy. He bought yes. me carrot cake one time, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but I mean, he's all right. But I've I've never seen him at the, at a Pride well, festival. So no, I, and I've been to, I've been to every one. And the other thing I'm really proud of that I did when I was on council is uh, I uh, I introduced the uh, um, non discrimination ordinance. Uh, that we had in the city. And that was uh, a number of years before they expanded the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act on the state level to include uh, sexual minorities and gender. Okay. Uh, so minorities. this would apply to that, yeah. that policy applied to LGBT? Yeah, it's well. basically that you couldn't discriminate against people on the basis of sexual orientation or gender uh, identity uh, in housing accommodations and. Uh, uh, housing, public accommodations, or employment. And this was and, for, and, the, for city the city of Howell. Oh, that's wonderful. And, uh, and so, like, if we had a city contract, the the uh, contractor had to sign something saying they agreed to abide by that. And, uh, um, you know, and, and so it was, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, you know, that was a big accomplishment. Sure. And uh, a few years later, they did it on the state level. Uh, but uh, one of the one of the fun things I get to do as mayor is I get to marry people. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the last two mayors, uh, didn't perform any wedding ceremonies. Uh, and I kind of brought that back and, uh, and I've been able to perform 25 ceremonies and several of them were same sex couples. One was, um, one was a couple where, uh, one, uh, groom was from, Honduras and the other one was from Mexico and uh, I was able to do the whole ceremony in Spanish with uh, FaceTime to their uh, their 
uh, relatives back in their home countries. And that yeah, really Shelley cool. tells me you learned Spanish from watching telenovelas. Yeah, yeah telenovelas. Is, <laughs> I mean, that's that's another kind of my big vice is watching uh, Spanish <laughs> telenovelas. Just say telenovelas. 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 I haven't spelled. Yes. I haven't. It's yeah. even under. I haven't spelled What's wrong. Yeah. Tell me. They're they're essentially like soap That's, operas. Tell, tell us what. Do the pronunciation for me um, again. Telly, telly novellas. So yeah. yeah. So they uh, they're kind of like a soap opera where where they have uh, you know for instance uh, they they may have 180 episodes that are an hour long and. Uh, and they'll and so you can you know they they broadcast it for like six to eight months, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, and and you can on Netflix you can watch a lot of them that have uh, uh, subtitles. Okay. And so if you're if, and they're very interesting because the acting is really dramatic and there's all kinds of interesting things going on. Um, and if you when you first start watching them, you can watch the English subtitles, and then then after a while, as you get to learn more Spanish, you switch to the Spanish subtitles, oh. and then and then after after a while from there, you can just watch it. You don't need the you probably I'm anymore. sure you caught you 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 must have caught right on. You're the you're the guy who graduated from high school like a year and a half early. It probably um, came to you like that. Well, it's funny because when I was in high school, and I grew up in Miami, and like all these people spoke Spanish. Um, I wasn't at all interested in learning Spanish. Um, and you couldn't really find a job anywhere in Miami if you couldn't speak Spanish. So, like, I, would, I delivered newspapers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was your first job, delivering newspapers? But then when I finally got stationed in San Antonio uh, when I was in the military, then I said, well, this is my opportunity to, to make up for not learning Spanish when I had that chance as a kid. Yeah. Okay, I'm get, we're we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up here pretty soon. But I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put you on the spot for two things. Okay. okay, okay. Number one, most probably the most important question in this interview, and I should have put it in the beginning. Okay, what's the scoop on the old Carson's building? <laughs> what would you put there if you had the final? And what would you put there if you had the final say? Everyone's talking yes. about it. They said it was gonna be a Hobby Lobby. Then it was yeah. gonna be something else. I'm I'm rooting for Trader Joe's. Can can you make that happen <laughs> yeah, for well, me, Bob Ellis? Yeah, well, it, one thing is it's outside the city limits, so I don't have any jurisdiction <laughs> there. But uh, yeah, I think everybody wants a Trader Joe's to come here, but uh, but uh, they're they're very um, scientific. Uh, they base where they locate their stores on specific demographics, and uh, and and they locate specific places based on a lot of research so they don't uh, come here just ba- on the basis of you know trying to encourage them yeah but, uh, well but, but yeah i mean that would be great if supposedly had, the developer uh, has some big super secret plans that he's and, not and i heard revealing. something about you know how they're gonna um resurface their parking lot and make some improvements there and maybe get some well that'd be good because it's like basically a sinkhole in there yeah, right yeah, now. Yes. When you, dri- I don't even drive through there. I'm afraid I'm going to get a flat yeah. tire. So hopefully they'll make it into something cool. Yeah. And then the last question I have for you: I hear that you are a serious teller of dad jokes. Oh. So, do you have a dad joke to share with us before we let you go? All right. Make um, us laugh. All right. What's the difference between broccoli and boogers? 
<laughs> what is the difference between broccoli and boogers? Some kids just won't eat broccoli. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Bob, it has been a pleasure interviewing with you. You have lived such an interesting life, and I am so excited for you to win yet again this race for Howell City Council. So just a reminder to everyone who's listening or watching. You mean the race for mayor, right? Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said city council. Sorry about that. Mayor, 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 mayor. I apologize for that. That's all right. Um, For mayor, election day is November 7th. This year. Yes, this year. This year. Yes, so. coming up, like, in, yes, yeah, 2023. Like, because that's when mayor races are. Yeah. Yes, yes, coming yeah. up in a few weeks. So, and you can get your absentee ballots um, now. Right. Um, if you choose to vote absentee, you, and you can turn those absentee ballots in any day, including on election day, um, if you're running in late. But these are the kind of races, folks. These local races are decided sometimes on a handful of votes. And Bob has done a really good job for us um, in terms of, I can't vote for him because I don't actually live in the city, but for the city of Howell. So if you do live in the city of Howell, tell your friends and also make sure to give yourself a reminder to vote on November 7th or absentee for Bob Ellis. Thank you so much again, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. And tell Shelly hi and thank you for filling in all the blanks (laughs) for me. Welcome back, everyone, to the stir. Um, we're we're finishing up here, you guys. It's been a great episode, and we goodbye. Wait, 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 wait! I got I'm some. I just want to say, just remember, everyone, before we do good vibes, election day, November seventh, November seventh. So, if you live in the city of Howell. Remember, these votes are decided on very thin margins, sometimes a handful of people. So you want to definitely be sure to get out there and vote on November 7th. There's a millage for Howell Public Schools on the ballot as well. If you're in Howell, Mm -hmm. if you're in the Howell Public School District, you want to get out there, support your local millage. And then also, if you live in the city of Howell, just remember, go out there, vote for Bob on November 7th, or make sure you fill out your absentee ballot if that's how you vote. So I just want to say that. Yeah, you know for sure. So, but now, now it's time. Now it's time. The pillow has been thrown. (laughs) The pillow's been thrown. It's time for good vibes. All right, all right, good vibes. Everyone, this is a friend of mine. Um, this is Danielle. She, her from Brighton. We want to thank Danielle so much for um that adorable (laughs) face. That's so cute. That's Jibby. Okay, so. And I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Danielle. Apologize. I Jibby? Jibby. Jibby. I like it. Jibby. So oh. Danielle is writing to us. Um, I'm just going to read you the the letter that she wrote us. She um she works for um an organization called Bottle Babies Rescue. Okay? So let's just listen to what let's listen to what Danielle has to say cuz this is going to make you feel good. So Back in July of 2020, she writes, I was laid off from a job I absolutely loved as part of the organization's COVID economic recovery plan. When fall came around, my kids went back to school in person four days a week, and I needed something to fill the void that I was feeling. 
a friend shared a plea from Bottle Babies Rescue asking for more fosters, and I decided to apply. I don't look at so this is the first this is the very first dog that she fostered. Um, so. Um, and then I decided to, three years ago this month, we welcomed our first foster. Over the three years, we've fostered everything from a single puppy to a litter of 10 puppies. <laughs> she has like cute, adorable litters of puppies. Her Facebook and her TikTok are my favorite things because they're just constant puppy pics and they're adorable. So um, anyway, so she says, over the three years, we've fostered everything from a single puppy to a litter of 10 puppies to a mostly blind senior dog. <gasps> who can only see shadows. Oh, we have also fostered several fosters who needed medical care beyond the basic vetting with various medical conditions, such as hydrocephalus, severe allergies, causing skin issues and a bulldog with tick paralysis. So these are dogs that are in need for sure. So we fostered a senior dogs who finally get a chance to live the life they deserve. Uh, Pearl came to us from Kentucky during the floods last year and had a limp. With rest and meds, it eventually subsided, but when we took her to the vet, we learned she had old fractures that didn't heal right and were full of old bird shot. So, the, you know, she's really in there, like, taking care of these yeah. dogs that have really special needs. And uh, most recently, we had welcomed a Boston Terrier puppy named Jibby. That's Jib that was Jibby that we oh, saw with Jibby her up. earlier. Put Jibby up. Put Jibby back up there. So no, Jibby... No, Jibby's the Boston. No, and there's another picture... That that's Jibby oh, right that's there, Jibby. Look at and you can see pictures. Um, you can look up uh, Danielle's TikTok. It's called Danielle and the Dogs, and there's adorable videos of Jibby. But it, Jibby has a heart defect, and it's going to require some surgery in the in the next couple months. And without the surgery, she wouldn't live more than a year. However, she is expected to live a long, healthy life after surgical repair. Uh, the goal is for her to grow strong and healthy while she waits to have surgery. So they're going to have a fundraiser for Jibby. And I told Danielle, I said, when the fundraiser right. comes up, let us know. We will publicize it and oh, we'll all God, give yeah. some money to help this oh, sweet yeah. little baby get her heart surgery so she can live a happy, long life. Oh, yeah. So she says, we've had two litters of puppies born in our home and they stayed with us until they found their forever homes. Um, their births were a family affair with our kids helping during the birthing process and their care over the following week. And they also go down to South Texas twice a month and they bring back dogs from like poorer regions in Texas. That's how okay. we got Obi, our our dog Obi. Obi was from West Virginia. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was from a, a dog that she had three puppies. They all got adopted and she got adopted. But, you know, they a lot of times there's a lot of poverty in those neighborhoods. They oh, yeah. don't spay and neuter their pets. And the dogs just kind of like roam, roam free. So that's one of the things uh, that Danielle does. She goes to Texas. Um, and they, they Texas euthanizes an extraordinarily high number of dogs, uh, more than like the next 25 states combined. So they're trying to save these dogs also from euthanization, which is such a great thing to do. And we're so grateful for that. So um, at any rate, uh, keep on doing the work that you're doing, Danielle. You're a hero. Um, we... Yeah. are so happy that you shared your story with us. We're going to put up a website. Ella, can you put up the website? There's a for adoptable dogs. Um, this is the list uh, Danielle provided to us of pets from bottle babies that are available um, for either adoption or foster. I'm not sure either one, but visit this link um, and and um, learn more about bottle babies 
and you know take we'll post this cool. also yeah we'll post this also on our um youtube description oh this is the foster application link sorry i was trying to find that in the letter this so if you want to be a foster if you want to foster babies not adoption but foster you want to go to this link up here and we'll post this in the video description as well and i know danielle she will get yeah. you all set up if you're looking to foster. It's Danielle, a very you're great an thing angel, to do. my friend. You are an angel. Look at these you babies. An and now here's our, of course, here's our socials for us. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok at the Stir Pod and Instagram at the Stir Pod. And if you like listening to your shows on um, on audio instead yeah. of streaming on YouTube, like on the go. That's the website you can download from there to Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. There's a whole list of platforms you can follow us on. So yes, so please go ahead and do that. And and um, that's gonna be a wrap. All right, all right. Thank good you vibes. so much, Jay's. Good, good vibes. vibes. It's so great. We're so glad that you're back with yes, us and you're feeling yes, better. Yes, so am I. And tune in next we, two weeks from now. Two weeks. Two weeks from now, we have John King, yeah! local legend. On our podcast to talk about. Oh my god! Wait! No way! My my Siri Siri went off. All right, all right. With that, tune in. (laughs) Tune in. Tune in. All right. We'll see y'all later. Peace out. Peace out.